0: Right now, though, we turn our attention to netball once more. We started the show by uh, discussing uh, the Radio New Zealand report, a disturbing one too, uh, looking at the um, possible future, and and not a particularly rosy one as far as uh, netball in New Zealand is concerned. It's been reported this morning, if you are unaware, that Netball New Zealand is close to having a crisis on its hands after Sky's bid for rights for the ANZ Premiership and Silver Ferns test was significantly lower than the previous deals. So it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on, and we'll continue to cover it uh, right here on SCNZ. But right now, we're going to turn our attention to Australia. Now, uh, netball's been making a lot of headlines, not for the reasons they probably would want. It's been uh, quite a long time coming, but finally, a peace has been made between uh, the paymasters and uh, the leading Australian netball players. They've agreed on a new deal. But how happy are uh, both sides of? Uh, that partnership, I can't think of uh, too many uh, better people to go to than our next guest, Brittany Carter, joins the show, a leading Australian sports journalist, a uh, fine commentator, whether it's a uh, netball cricket. There's not much you cannot do. Brittany, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good,
1: thank you. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. I'm great. This has been a long time coming. Why has it been so drawn out and at times acrimonious?
1: Yeah, so the negotiations for the new Super Netball CPA started way back in January, February and as we know have extended right up until basically this week. Uh, So all players came off contract on September 30 which meant that they stopped being paid from that date and so for the past 11 weeks as they've still been trying to nut out the details of this next CPA players have been unpaid so now that we know as of this week that finally a CPA has been signed between the two parties it means players will get back pay from October October 1st which is a relief knowing that going into Christmas our players here in Super Netball are going to have an income because they've been struggling some have been sleeping in cars others have had to move back in with their parents because there's been nothing to pay their bills with so it's been really uh, tough on the netball playing group here but basically the sticking point that they've been arguing about that whole time is a revenue share model so the players really wanted to get a cut of the above forecast sponsorship money coming into the game it's 20% what they've been granted and look it's not much if more than um, if, if no extra money comes into the game in terms of sponsorship revenue that netball hasn't already projected for they won't get anything but if a little bit above does come in, they'll get a 20% cut of it, and it won't be much. But it's more about the principle of it. Given that there's been a few controversies over the past few years where the players feel like they haven't been treated like a key stakeholder in the game by Netball Australia, so the reason that we're fighting for it basically is to get a seat at the table and be seen like a true partner in the game. And Netball's argument for a while there was that they can't afford it, given that they're not in the best financial status, but. It is above forecast projected money, so it's not something they would have even factored in. So in the end, the players have won, and we've got a CPA in place, which is great.
0: Wow, I've just got myself back on the chair after falling off. Players sleeping in the cars, <laughs> how's this happen? Because we're talking about the previous deal, what was it, 15, 16, 70 million Aussie a year, is essentially what was being paid out. It's not an insignificant amount of money. How have
1: we come to this? I just think that over time there's been points where the governing body has made decisions the playing group hasn't liked and they've kind of been sprung upon the playing group and they've expressed their their distrust basically in the organisation. So they don't feel like they can trust the people that are leading the sport and that's why we've also seen CEO Kelly Ryan depart in the last week because there was a lot of, I think, animosity between her and the playing group and the AMPA, the Players Association that represents the playing group. So there's been numerous things over the years. You would have heard about the super shot that was dropped on players weeks before the 2020 season start. They sold off the grand final for money. And I understand that's a commercial decision, but the players had no idea it was coming and it was kind of weeks before the finals were set to be played. So they didn't like that because they thought they'd been working towards being able to secure a home grand final based on finals results, and basically that was taken away from them and sold to WA last year without yeah, them knowing that it was going to happen. Then there's been other things too. Um, there's been mishandling of salary, salary cap issues, issues. Um, there's been a range of things and even I know it's a separate issue, but there was a diamond CPA that also had to be negotiated separate to the super netball CPA this year. They've now got an interim one in place because they couldn't agree on that either. They wanted a revenue share model, the players in that, and they couldn't agree with the governing body on that. So, Netball Australia withheld Netball World Cup selection leading into the biggest tournament in the sport and so players were in a really bad mental state waiting to find out whether they'd been selected or not so there's been a range of things over the past few years that have really upset the playing group and I think that's why it all boiled down to this this lack of trust between the two parties basically.
0: The, the revenue-sharing model, not uncommon around the world when it comes to sporting organisations and leagues and entities. 20% seems low to me. Um, mm. They obviously wanted more. Um, it sounded it sounds like um, a real game of hardball being played here. I think the NBA is around 50%. I think New Zealand Rugby is around 36 37% of all revenue. Um, it seems like it was quite reasonable from a player's perspective, or am I losing sight of maybe the side of the debate from the administrator's perspective?
1: No, I think you're right. I think it's quite modest. And if I think of Australian terms, I mean, cricket here, the cricketers get 27.5% of overall revenue. And then there's an extra 2.5% that is like put into a player payment pool if you um, succeed in tournaments and things like that based on performance. So yeah, it really is a modest request. And again, we're talking above forecast revenue. So we're not talking about the total revenue of the sport because that's been something that's come up and people have said, well, you know, the sport is still in $4 million debt in bank loans. How can it afford to pay these players anymore? Well, it's, we're not talking about that money that, you know, that they need to run the league. We're talking about above sports sponsorship projected revenue. That So it'll be extra money coming into the game over the, course of the next three-year deal. So I think there's been a real spin from the governing body over time to sort of say, yeah, we can't afford these, these f are a bit greedy, when really when you break it down and you hear the comparisons of the revenue share models in place in other sports, you realise, wow, this is quite modest. How can they be fighting over this for such a long period of time? And perhaps that shows you why the players are so upset because they just feel so undervalued and like they're not a key stakeholder in the game. And essentially they're the ones that take the court and the faces that bring the money in. So I can totally understand where they're coming from.
0: How would you assess relationships now? Uh, I'd imagine a lot, there's a lot of broken sort of uh, parts to that relationship that needs to be rebuilt.
1: Yeah, 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 you're 100% right there. I think, you know, the the parting of, CEO Kelly Ryan is one step, I think, towards trying to bring these two parties back together because it kind of became clear that her position was untenable there at the end. There was a former position that uh, former Diamond and uh, former Diamond coach Joyce Brown put out and it has almost 5,000 signatures on asking for a change in leadership. So that, I think, got almost 300 signatures within the first hour that it was even up. So you can tell that the community itself was starting to really side with the players on this one. So I think that as well as some criticism from Liz Ellis, who is probably the biggest name in Australian football to ever play the game, uh, I think really led to Kelly Ryan realizing, okay, now is my time to go. She's been there since 2021. So it hasn't been a long tenure, but some of the tactics that have been brought to the sport from well, she was she was working in AFL before, so she was an outsider that was brought in. And it was really all, I think, appointing her was really all about trying to grow the commercial interests of the game. And if we are fair, she has turned Netball fi- Netball's finances around a bit. So uh, there was more than $7 million in loss over the 2021 and 2020 uh period of of the financial status of Netball and in the latest report, Netball was in a surplus of $300,000 even though it still had those $4 million in bank loans. That uh, loan has now been extended to 2025 so it's still in a very precarious position, Netball in Australia and I, I don't think that can be understated. I mean, it's not in the best position at all but at the same time, there has been some other things that Kelly Ryan has really bundled so there's been reports here that It missed missed out on $18 million in government funding because a proposal that was due to be put in to the federal government to sort of explain where the money would be spent was really underwhelming and it was really delayed. So there's been moments, I think, where she has done the right thing by the sport, but they have played a real hardball type of negotiation style with the players here, and ultimately it's led to Kelly Ryan's downfall. Right.
0: Yeah, a few iron goals. My next question, Brittany, will... sort of of help me uh, maybe gather more information as to what's going on over here too. How concerned Mm. is everyone about the next broadcast deal? If the sport is financially in a precarious position, uh, you know, how does that all look to tie and ultimately impact what the players might get further down the road when it currently lapses? I I, I guess I'm asking here, is it a popular TV sport? Is it working?
1: Well, it's a great question because Nepal is behind a paywall here in Australia, so we don't, really get access to the accurate figures of how it's performing on tv like we can't get hold of the average numbers and all of that we kind of just have to wait for the current broadcaster to announce them. And there's always going to be a bit of spin to say, you know, it's done well in these areas and we're happy with it because it wants to look like it's putting out a great product. So we kind of don't know how it's performing. And I think that can be a real worry for us looking at what's happening with New Zealand right now and, and what's going to happen with Sky. But we have three years still left on this deal. So, it, right. yeah, we, we still have some time to go under um, the bridge with, with the one we've currently got in place. I think what Netball Australia can take confidence from is that, you know, when we had the ANZ Championship with you guys, you know, a joint competition being played, um, we were relying on a lot of the money that Sky was bringing in because Netball Australia was also paying at the time for that to be broadcast on Channel 10. Now then we went to Channel 9 and it was more of a uh, a profit share on, on that revenue of, of the broadcast. but. Um, this deal with Foxtel is actually the very first where netball has had money coming into the sport. So even though it may be a smaller broadcast deal done than you know your rugby league and your AFLs here, it was the very first that actually put money into the sport. So we've been on kind of a, a good positive trajectory of trying to gain more commercial revenue through the broadcast deal for netball here. Um, what happens in three years' time, I, I really don't know. Yeah.
0: No, interesting, interesting. You brought up some old wounds there about, you know, we were married, we paid for the wedding, then you left <laughs> us, hey? Hey? Hey?
1: Exactly, uh, I know, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, and here in New Zealand, when we read this story about Sky Television, it, it makes me think one of two things. Either they're not bringing in enough uh, viewers, or two, mm-hmm. Sky felt maybe they were bidding against themselves, uh, won't need to bid against themselves. Because Spark Sports no longer on the scene here, so uh, we don't really know exactly the reason for this, for the, for this uh, lowered potential deal. But uh, it would be hugely alarming to Netball New Zealand. So, you know, can can you tell me? Because I'm sure you glean into the New Zealand competition. What, what does the Australian domestic league maybe do better that the you know those who run the games over here could, could maybe look to improve the quality of their own product?
1: It's really tough because I speak to a lot of fans that absolutely love the New Zealand competition and the way that it plays out. Um, and there are some innovations in your broadcast that we don't have, just the way that you go about using the sideline role and things like that, that I know that a lot of people really enjoy. And some of those tactics around broadcast were implemented in the broadcast of the Netball World Cup this year because you had people combining from New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, England, all to put on that Netball World Cup broadcast that was then you know um, beamed into millions of houses around the world so I think that speaking to some Australians that were involved in that broadcast they really enjoyed the New Zealand insights and what they could add to that so I don't think necessarily that it's a boring product at all I don't think that's the problem maybe the ratings is where it is falling down or perhaps it is as you said I read today that um, Sky has been such a long supporter of the sport that Netball has kind of stayed loyal to it and maybe not always gone out to tender and tried to be aggressive in getting more money for that broadcast deal. So maybe it is a bit of an own goal for for Sky Netball in that way. And that's why they kind of felt, well, let's see what happens when we offer them less and let's see what we can get away with here. I'm speculating, of course. But yeah, from from all reports, the the product is pretty good. So I I don't know what the problem is.
0: Mm. Lastly Brittany as you try to wrap up everything you've witnessed over the last as you say what started negotiation back in February so you know what are the key lessons that need to be learned here is it, hey when mining money's on offer take it um, you know let's, let, let's try and make sure that we uh, keep this harmonious you know what, what does the sport on both sides need to ensure next time around?
1: Yeah, I think it's just keeping that communication open and really trying to establish a better relationship with the players because at the moment it's probably the worst it could ever be. So if the players really feel like they are helping to contribute to the sport and getting a say in the big decisions around the sport, I think we'll avoid so many controversies. Uh, But the other thing is, uh, I'm a bit worried about the administration here, to be honest, because chair of Netball Australia, Wendy Archer, did do a press conference in the wake of Kelly Ryan departing as CEO. And we asked her, will there be a change in tact in the way that the administration of the sport does business now? Because it's clearly not working, whatever you're doing at the moment. And they said, oh, it'll be a consideration. And then we asked, well, will there be more change at the top? Is there anyone from the board that has discussed Potentially moving on because it really feels like there needs to be some kind of clean out up there. And she said, No, those discussions haven't been had yet. So the board didn't even know Kelly Ryan was departing. And I think that's really concerning knowing wow. those two parties should be talking a lot of the time and really close in what they're doing. So I do think that for these players to trust the organisation again, there's going to be, need to be a huge t- change in tact in the way they do things. But also, they're probably going to need a few more faces to go, I would say. There needs to be a real changeover in the leadership of the sport. Otherwise, I think it's just going to be different person as the face of CEO, but a lot of the same things going on again. And, And as we know, that's clearly not working. So, yeah, I think there's a couple of things that need to happen there.
0: Brittany, lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much for all of your time and your insights. Utterly fascinating, um, you know, story that has been a long time coming to this resolution. We do appreciate you dropping by.
1: No worries at all. Thanks for having me.